Heritage Foundation. I'm Tim Desher, and this is Heritage Explains. We've spent significant time over the last year talking about the dangers of socialism and how devastating it would be for America to embrace these ideas coming from the left. All around the country, in places like Iowa, Michigan, Ohio, and Pennsylvania, leaders on the left are touting massive government programs to solve issues like health care, student loan debt, and man-made climate change. They make these very moving announcements and tout government as the solution to all the problems. But what does it cost? And what would be the impact on our economy? Maybe Senator Elizabeth Warren knows. That's why I'm calling for universal free college and the cancellation of student loan debt of up to $50,000 for 42 million Americans. No, nothing there. How about Senator Cory Booker? It's one of the reasons why I signed on to the resolution. I co-sponsored the resolution for the Green New Deal. And there's a lot of people now that are blowing back on the Green New Deal. They're like, oh, it's impractical. Oh, it's too expensive. Oh, it's all of this. If we used to govern our dreams that way, we would have never gone to the moon. Planet has been in peril in the past. Who came forward to save Earth from the scourge of, of Nazi and totalitarian regimes? We came forward. Who came forward to save the planet from, or, or, or continents from financial ruin? We came forward with the Marshall Plan. Our history is standing up and saying, look, humanity is in crisis. America is going to be light and the hope. Nope. Nothing there either. Vice President Biden, you're up. So today, I'm announcing my plan for a clean energy revolution. It outlines what we have to do to meet this challenge head on and how we're going to get there. We're going to invest $1.7 trillion in securing our future so that by 2050, the United States will be 100% clean energy economy with net zero emissions. And nothing there. After being challenged by Martha McCallum at a Fox News town hall, Senator Bernie Sanders gets closer, but still won't go all the way. Let's just say hypothetically, you are um, self-employed and you have a husband and two kids, okay? Family of four. Do you know how much that family is paying today for health care? How many? $28,000 a year. Okay. All right, we're spending $11,000 per person. We are saying to that family of four, you ain't going to pay that $28,000. you are not paying any more premiums. You're not paying any more co-payments. You're not paying any more deductibles. How's that? $28,000 you are not paying. But does that mean you're not going to pay something? Of course it does. You're going to pay more in taxes. And, you- and straight from the mouth of a proud socialist and someone who honeymooned in communist Russia, this stuff has a price tag. It's very expensive, and you're going to have to pay more taxes in order to get it. And since the cat is now out of the bag, that America's taxes will be going up if these programs are implemented, the next logical question is by how much? And who is going to pay it? 
Will the rich be able to foot the entire bill, or will the middle class have to pay more taxes? Adam Michelle is a senior policy analyst in the Grover M. Herman Center for the Federal Budget here at Heritage. He just released a very helpful report that breaks down the cost of these socialist programs and who will pay for them. This week, he explains. Adam Michelle, first of all, it's so good to have you back uh, in the studio on Explains. Um, and, and I've really enjoyed reading your recent piece. It's called A Progressive Roadmap for Soaking the Middle Class. And, and this should serve as as a guide for everyone who wants to see what would happen if socialism uh, is implemented here in America. Thanks for having me on. You use Europe as the model in this report, basically saying if Americans want European-style government services, um, our version of that would be Medicare for All, um, the Green New Deal, free college. Uh, You say they should be ready for a European model uh, style of taxation. Um, So can you just explain kind of basically what that means? What I see missing in the conversation is we talk about all the things that we're gonna that we're gonna get from Medicare for all. You you name it. What you pick your favorite spending program, but we never talk about how we're gonna pay for it. And the often you hear from folks on the left, well, we're just gonna tax the rich, and that's mathematically impossible to tax the rich enough to pay for the fifty trillion dollar. Uh, program that has been proposed by the progressive so wait, it's it's 50 trillion to pay for medicare for all green new deal and free college that's basically what you've come up with so that's the conservative estimate the higher end is like a hundred a uh, hundred trillion dollars over 10 years wow. so at the conservative end a 50 trillion dollar spending package would be more than doubling the annual federal budget and so then the question is how do we pay for it it's it's mathematically impossible to tax the rich enough to pay for all of this so someone else has to pay and if we look to the european model it's the it's low income and middle class americans who foot the bill they pay high higher income tax rates, they pay higher payroll tax rates, and they pay higher sales tax rates. In the in the Europe in Europe it's called a value added tax, but all of those things people pay significantly more. So from a policy perspective coming from the left, um, it's kind of hard to hide from those numbers. How are they spinning that reality that they have to face that there just isn't enough money for from the wealthy to pay for this? No one's asking them to spin it. There, people just assume that we can tax the rich enough that the, currently the rich aren't paying their fair share, and that there's enough money there to to pay for all these priorities. Often, you you hear that we're going to raise the top marginal tax rate to seventy percent. We're going to add a wealth tax, and we're going to put a new financial transactions tax, like the, the big three that are trumpeted by your Elizabeth Warrens and your Bernie Sanders. If you take those three revenue raisers from uh, on the rich. You uh, raise about three hundred billion dollars, and that is uh, that is just a small fraction of the of a current budget deficit, and it's uh, even smaller percentage of that long term fifty trillion dollar number. It's uh, it's about six percent of what has been proposed in spending. So then you have to talk about raising taxes on someone else, and the only people that are left are middle class Americans. Now just stepping aside real quick from our conversation with Adam, I just wanted to bring you just into the studio here with me a little bit and ask you to be a part of this show. 
by really helping us share what we do here at Heritage Explains. And you can do this in a number of ways. Uh, you can leave a, a five-star rating on iTunes. Just scroll all the way down and, and hit the stars. Hit five stars if you like the uh, the show that we're doing here. You can post on your social media. Just if there's a particular episode you like, get the link and, and share it with your friends there. Uh, you can email us. We love to communicate with our listeners. And the only way we know what's on your mind is if you tell us. So email us at managingeditor at heritage.org. That's editor at heritage.org. And again, we really, really appreciate all the interaction that we get from you, so please keep it up. All right, let's get back to the conversation. Let's get into just kind of the specifics of how inevitably we're going to have to pay for these. And again, you use the European style um, of, of taxation to kind of give an example as to how new taxes will manifest themselves here in America. Can you explain to me what a consumption tax is versus an income tax? So an income tax is what most people are most familiar with in the U.S. It's uh, it's what you pay on your wages. You get a check and you give the government some, some percentage of that. Uh, consumption tax uh, can mean a lot of different things. The most simple version of it is in the United States, a sales tax. Uh, you, every Every single thing that you spend money on, anything that you consume, is taxed at at one rate, and that looks like a sales tax in the United States. There's different versions of it around the world, but that's essentially what's going on. And and really, the what you're talking about here is is that America is going to have to put some sort of um, what the Europeans call a VAT tax or a value added tax um, in addition to the sales tax or the gas tax and things like that. Is that correct? So that that the easiest way to raise a ton of money really fast, which what is, we need to do to pay for fifty trillion dollars, it, it is a new is a new tax. So that's either a value added tax or a carbon tax or a combination of 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 sort of all of the things that we're talking about. But there's no there's no way to raise fifty trillion dollars simply by increasing the income tax in the United States. So is this where we're headed then? I hope not. If if Congress can can get spending under control, which is very doable, the Heritage Foundation every year releases our blueprint to balance the federal budget, uh, and and this year our our blueprint cuts taxes and reduces spending so that we can uh, balance the budget by 2029 and then pay down the debt beyond that. So if Congress were just to take some portion of our proposal. We, this future doesn't have to happen, but it's certainly the track that we're running down right now. I think the point that you make um, in the report is just so important, which it says um, that, that a VAT tax or a value-added tax is just another way to raise taxes on lower and middle-class workers and retirees here in America. One of the reasons why Europe leans so heavily on a value-added tax, their consumption tax, is because it is so easy to raise so much money from so many people. Just like sales taxes here in the United States, everyone pays the same rate, and every time you buy something, you pay the tax. It's not just a tax that is paid by someone earning over $500,000 a year, like the top marginal rate of the income tax in the U.S. It's a tax that that you and I pay, and it's a tax that the single mother pays on all of the goods that she needs to buy at the store. And so, it is a lot of economists say it's a regressive tax because of because of this fact because 
it because a lot of poor poor people, their more of their money is spent at the store rather than do, than doing other things. Um, but ultimately, it's just a way to raise more money from more people. Many on the left say that we need a big social safety net system like they have in Europe. But the problem is, is that Europeans pay big for it. So what would that look like uh, for us here in America? Yeah, you hit the nail on the head there. Big government is expensive. And when you look at uh, sort of average across Europe, uh, someone earning two-thirds the average wage, that's like $37,000, they pay marginal tax rates of about 50%. So if I want to go work for Uber uh, and earn an additional couple of dollars on the side, the government's going to take half of that. And on top of that, that same person also, when they go out to the store to buy food for their kids or or buy their next car, they have to pay a, a 20% sales tax on each of those purchases through a value-added tax. That same person in the United States earning $37,000 a year uh, pays an average uh, marginal tax rate of 32% and an average sales tax rate of 6%. Wow. It. Europe may have these generous social welfare programs, but they also have ta- have tax rates that, that pay for them. And those tax rates are on lower and middle class taxpayers. It's They don't tax the rich to fund every single dollar of these programs. And that's coming straight for us if we do this. That's the future that, that's ahead of us if we continue to increase, increase spending on everyone's favorite priorities. Because it's just going to get easier and easier to say we have to pay for this. If you wanted this, you know, you a- you asked for it, you got it. Now we have to pay for it. Let's vote for this tax increase, essentially. Correct. And the and the game that that's been played historically in, in the United States is that that high tax rate on on the rich that the AOCs of the world keep peddling is it is it would come to fruition. We they will implement that high tax rate on on quote unquote rich people. But then that's used to le- to leverage support for higher taxes on everyone else. This happened in uh, it, during the du- New Deal era. It happened uh, during World War II. Tax rates were at some points at a high rate of 94% at the top. But at the same time as those tax rates were going up at the top, the bottom thresholds were, were cut in half. Tax rates went up from a couple percent to 20 some odd percent at that bottom bracket. Um, and so it's not just what's happening at the top. The bottom also, the low-income Americans also have to pay if we're going to increase spending like uh, like some people are proposing. Adam, I just wanted to thank you for coming in today and kind of clearing this up for us. The piece is called A Progressive Roadmap for Soaking the Middle Class, a great title, and it's a, and it's it's very relevant to what we're facing right now from the left. Thanks for having me on. This is a under-talked-about uh, topic. Often the left is given a pass on just saying they're going to raise taxes on the rich, but it really is uh, their roadmap to raising taxes on every American, and we should push back on that. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Heritage Explains. We love doing this podcast and are excited to continue producing a quality product for you. And a big welcome... And thank you to all the new listeners that have found us. Uh, And if you are a new listener, do us a favor. Let us know. Our email address, once again, is managingeditor at heritage.org. We really look forward to hearing from you. Michelle will be back next week. 
with more on the failures of socialism. Heritage Explains is produced by Michelle Cordero and Tim Desher, with editing by Thalia Rampersad. It's because of support from listeners like you that we can continue to produce podcasts like Heritage Explains and SCOTUS 101. And you can help us keep it going by visiting www.heritage.org slash podcast today to make your tax-deductible gift.